everybody. Welcome into the podcast, The Counter Show. Welcome into The Counter Show. My name is Jay. You know who I am. I have COVID. And that's Keith over there. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Jay, uh, nice. Nice. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, man. <laughs> that's just a bomb to drop in an opener. Yeah, well, um, you know, I think everybody needs to know that uh, this stuff is out there and it's pretty dangerous and... Um, I have no idea how I got it because I'm wearing my mask and that sort of good stuff, but uh, started feeling pretty bad and not normal feeling, not a normal feel, as you know. Yeah, uh, so we we both had it. I'm I'm I, the laughing is not at you at your expense. It's no. uh, it's the. It's, it's the, the the manner in which I. Hey, uh, matter of fact. Hey, <laughs> I'm Jay, and I am. So yeah, it's uh, I'm still dealing, you know, with some health issues as a result of it, and that was I don't know six. It was late February. Yeah, when I had it. it's so, for real. Scary, right? It is. Uh, it is for real. It is a different feeling. You, um, I will say this to anybody out there who hasn't had it. Um, trust me, if we don't get a handle on a vaccine as soon as we possibly can uh, and a way to um, segregate ourselves from population overall, uh, you're going to get it. Um, yeah. Honestly, my first thought was when you told me uh, that you had it, that you, you were tested and you tested mm-hmm. positive. I thought, well, that's a miracle. You made it this long. It really is. No, it really is. I mean, but you know, I, I've done my part and I try to be very vigilant uh, when I'm out and about, um, if I get uncomfortable in places where I feel like there's too many people, um, because the parameters that we all have, we know that when you're indoor seating, that you can remove your mask and they, you're supposed to be with same family members, no more than four people at a table, that sort of stuff. But as the colder months have come on us, um, there's less people outside. There's more people inside. So they are at capacity indoors. And they're not keeping their windows open like they did in the summer and the early fall where it was very comfortable. You can keep the windows open so you had a nice breeze. So more more emphasis on the fact that this thing is definitely an airborne thing. And when you have proper ventilation and you're not enclosed, your 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 chances of, of contracting that are, are, are a lot lower. So- but- yeah. Are you saying it's a good idea or a bad idea for people to sign up to have Christmas carolers at their front door? I would say in a month? it is prob- probably not a good idea, man. Like my I neighborhood know. is going forward with. Oh, come yeah, on, man. people. I just, people are you not know, thinking. They're just not thinking. Well, you know, I, let me say this, and I understand because we've all been to some degree isolated. We've all been Im- impacted by this thing. But, you know, from from the standpoint of, you know, I want to go to school. I want to go to – I want to have my Thanksgiving party. I want to have my – you know, we all do, man. But the reality of it is is that we've got this thing out there called COVID, and it is a pandemic. And, uh, you know, if you want to play that roulette wheel, man, go right ahead. But well. You know, it's, it's, a problem. it's funny that you, you say that and that you say it's a problem because, you know, Jay, I've heard from some people that it's not. And some I've heard sides of this that say it's not as severe and the numbers are inflated and, you know, I don't know who to believe. And it almost seems like 
where you listen or where you look is going to uh, have an effect on the answers that you get. True. I believe that. See what I just did there? I I did. I I did. (laughs) I did. Um, You know, look, I will say this. You know, again, we did everything we possibly could to be as as um, conscious and do our part, wear a mask when we're we're supposed to. Um, and when we we found out, you know, I had it, uh, we wanted the way we conduct ourselves. We conduct it so that we can trace ourselves back, so that we can let people know. Yeah. And we're very fortunate. We don't come into close contact with a lot of people. We're very choosy when we sit down with folks to have a meal or a beer. Um, so because of the timeline, uh, we ha- we only had a couple of people, and we've already talked to those guys, and um, they're going through the protocol. So anyway, I'm, I'm under quarantine for the next... Um, Based on when I was diagnosed, uh, I'm under quarantine and for the next five days, um, and then I'm I'm free to roam about the country. And I don't know how this thing works. They say after that, I'm, I'm I guess I'm good to go. I'm no, nah, it can it can mutate. That's the concern well, right now. And I, there have I, been cases of people contacting contracting it twice. Twice. It's a low number, and I asked yeah. that question, and they said there's really no. No huge scientific evidence that that is going to be extremely problematic, but it's not out of the question well, of what I was told. And the bigger concern is that you're not a spreader, right? So, so here, so the reason that I said what I said earlier, and you know, Jay and I were talking over the past couple of days. What are we going to cover? There's, on one hand, there hasn't been a lot happening in the automotive news, but then kind of if you change your perspective a little bit, you look at this. Oh man, there's actually some pretty good stuff we can get into here. So Jay had the idea of talking about the influence that we're ha- that social media is having on our perspectives and our perceptions right now because we've all seen this. Many of you have seen the movie The Social Dilemma. You know, we've heard both sides of that, even some of people saying that it's it's uh it's there's a lot of elaboration that goes on in that movie. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, hey, let's break down some actual situations here that we have that we are aware of that we know people are getting conflicting stories on, uh, and some of it depends on where you're looking and your social profiles, right? On some of these online social media outlets. So that's going to be the core content of this podcast, and we've got stories that tie into this from Apple from Ford, from SEMA, which just wrapped up last week, um, from, uh, from uh, what, what, am I, what am I missing here? From, a, from another popular YouTuber in the auto industry that's getting just, just literally just, you're getting hammered from Tesla fans right now. So, uh, yeah, so Jay, wh- where shall we start <laughs> with all oh, this? Well, well, I mean, do we want to... Uh, yeah. Well, we got some news. Let's let's start with SEMA live from the counter desk. So there you go. So our world has changed, and Keith and I were media professionals for um, SEMA 360, which is the first ever virtual SEMA show in the history of our industry. 
Um, I would say that Keith and I are very proud to have been part of that. Um, we're honored that we are able to to be part of that, such a um, an exclusive group of individuals and professionals out there. So thank you, SEMA, for allowing us to be part of that. Um, I want to do this first before we get it. If you were to rate how the experience was on a scale of 1 to 10 for a first, first, first round overall experience, what would you give it? Oh, be boy. honest. I mean, I mean, I know right. we're not. I'm going to give you a disclaimer just, here, and then I'll give okay. you an honest answer. All right. Okay. So first of all, we have a couple videos out there uh, that we that are a result of the 360 experience. One of them's got Jay Leno. Um, the other one is uh, the Toyota, I think. Toyota, uh, Toyota, yeah, Toyota Presser. Yep. Yep. So, um, so SEMA, if you if you guys are watching from SEMA, we know you did your your best. I, I think everyone in that organization would probably agree that if we have to do this again, uh, we learned a lot, and there's yep. probably some things that need to be uh, addressed. I, I I don't know, you know, I I know that it was a huge undertaking. I don't know everything that was involved in that, uh, but I know that I personally had a whole heck of a lot of challenges. Uh, the folks at SEMA did step in and do their best to help us with those, and, and I appreciate that very much. Um, the usefulness of of what I experienced as a media person in in SEMA this year as part of the SEMA 360 uh, online event, I would throw it at, I'm going to be gracious and give it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, um, and again, and, and to, to kind of reiterate what, what Keith was saying, it's it was a first for these guys. We get it. Um, they had their challenges. I don't think anyone knew what to expect. Yeah. I don't think they knew what type of participation to even expect, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that I felt that worked very well was their notifications of what events kept popping up. If you scheduled something to be involved in, um, you were very aware of it. They would send you a lot of emails and notifications on that. So I really appreciate that. So I think that they will learn from this experience. I'm hoping that this time next year we don't have to have a yeah. virtual show. So I but. think that's that's what we're all because you know. And to your point, you know, we saw a lot of people go, "Hey, man, I can't get into my events. I'm having technical problems." Uh, one of the main takeaways of that show for businesses and this is a business to business event and uh, well apex is especially business to business there's some consumer stuff going on 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 the sema side business to consumer there is Uh, as media you know a lot of our 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 interaction there is hey um ford hey toyota hey bilstein hey you know whoever uh beta tools what's your story what we would like to talk to you about you know how your shocks make RV ride motorhomes better. Ford, tell us about the Bronco configuration issues that you're having, right? Like, and on right. and on, okay? And the, the problem that I had is that networking aspect, which is so, so critical to an event like SEMA, completely went off offline for me. And, and then their software developers came back and basically said, yeah, it's by design. So when these people go incognito, it hides your entire chat history with them. Well, that's great, except that now I don't have a, fo- a way to follow up with them. We right. had, you know, 
Zoom calls scheduled and so on and so forth, and I've got no way to get in, in touch with them because that's all in that historical yeah. chat thread. So, again, I know, Seema, I know you guys are learning from this. Uh, you know, let's, let's hope you don't have to um, deal with this again next year because it is so much better in person. Absolutely, it is. I, I do... I, I was apprehensive about being involved with it anyway because I know how much of an in-person show that it is. And Keith, you knew. Uh, oh, I mean, it's just a blast to last. Yeah, touch, last year was feel. yeah, yeah. Last year was your first show. I I've been going for many years, and I knew you were going to love it um, just because I know you, and um, it, it 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 proved uh, to you <laughs> why. I, <laughs> I knew you would like it. So, but um, yeah, you know, overall, th again, thanks to SEMA uh, for for putting their best forward with that. I, I mean, I, I know that it could have been in a lot of areas, it could have been done a little bit better. Uh, we were able to get over some of those hurdles. Uh, fortunately, I think a couple of the contacts, Keith, that you were most interested in, you were able to somehow get around the system to get them to contact uh, you. I emailed them, but I have not heard back. So it's uh, that's a, yeah. see, that's a bummer because when you have, when you're in those type, if anybody who's in the media, you realize that a lot of this stuff is in the moment, and if you don't get yep. it in the moment, you lose it. And it's just gone. They're back at I, work this week. And yeah, you know, and, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's just and one of those things. Just like a traditional in person show, the minute the show was over, the next day I logged on, that SEMA had pulled everything. Done. It's gone. Done. No, can't, nothing works. Can't go yep. back and watch any of the historical stuff. Can't log in and look at your chat history. It's just like the show, right. man. You better, you better have you it better done do, and have it You together. better write it down, get your notes, make sure you take notes and stuff. So, one high note, though, going out. Of course, I never win anything, Keith. I never win anything, dude. But I won a hat. I, my name got pulled and, um, I could have uh, I could have gotten a hat or a shirt. She just said happy shopping. I asked if there was a dollar amount, and she said no. And so I ended up uh, choosing a really really cool hat, which I will reveal as soon as I uh, I get that, and I'll wear it proudly here on the show. So again, thank you, Seema, for it. We you know hope it's good. We got PRI coming out up, and we'll see how that goes. I think we're going to be part of that. We'll see. Um, I'm getting uh, the PRI Roadshow information like every other day stuff going on are you doing that too or are you getting information on the road show no yeah i, I, I just get that. i have a auto filter set to just forward all that to you <laughs> right man thank you very much i appreciate that <laughs> all right <laughs> so uh so let's get on let's move on to some other news um again thank you Seema. we appreciate it um we're gonna move on now next topic of discussion um you know, we've heard a lot of people bitching, man, out there about where's the V8s, where's the V8s, where's the V8s. Well, apparently Ford has decided to go ahead and move forward. We knew that they were coming out with a 7.3 liter V8 pushrod, uh, but apparently there's a new 6.8 liter Windsor pushrod V8 coming in 2022 for the Mustang and the F-150. All right, so um, let's say I'm... Some accountant that likes Mustangs, but not a car guy. Okay. Okay. Why? Why does this matter? Why should I care? Why should you care? No, because I'm, it, I'm the accountant. You're the accountant. Well, I just look. like Mustangs. I don't. I don't know how to change my own oil. You know, nothing well, wrong with that. That's not his thing. He's just. He's a. Well, the first question just, I would ask you is, what, or maybe what do he's you an F one fifty fan. 
what do you know about the history of trucks and what do you know about the history of Mustangs, man? That's what I would ask you. I mean, why would you want to have that? I mean, it's a V8. That's that's that is the epitome of a of a Ford Mustang, man. It's power, right. but muscle always, car. I can get a V8 and a Mustang right now. So why is this one any different? This is a push rod motor, guys. This is torque and power, guys. This is a big deal. So I can do longer burnouts if I turn off traction control. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Yeah. Is you it? Can do a lot. Is it? Is it? So is it more horsepower? Of course. Is it gonna? Is it gonna help me get more likes on my social dating platform? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But right. you have to. You have to open up the shirt, brother. Ah. Yeah, let the let the hairy chest show. Yeah. Okay. You know. Um. So a little, little more. In picky, all seriousness, a little bit more top end. Little, little. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little, it's a different more animal, powerful. man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look. Different and, and how. We, what? Different how. You said it's a different animal. Different how. Well, I mean, it's it's not a it's not an overhead cam engine, man. I mean, there's these are you're talking stroke and bore. The, I mean, the whole nine yards, man. There's there's so many different things you can do with this particular setup, man. I mean, let's face it. it it's it's does it throw? Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this question. Does it throw out the emission standard, the control? Wait, How does it? Are you? Are you asking me, the accountant that I was just pretending to be, or or me, Keith? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you, accountant. Emissions? What's the issue with? Oh boy, uh, I, that's a. I mean, I just they just plug my car in once a year and run a test on it. Is that going to be different? <laughs> well, it could certainly. It could certainly be a little. It can definitely be a little different than. Yeah, than, so um, that's actually a really other. good point. So, in all seriousness, um, I think part of the reason that they had gone the direction that they had previously is it's an easier, easier platform to manage from a compliant, from a regulatory standpoint. Yeah, it's it's old school. I mean, it's, they've been doing this. You know, it's not like this is not new technology, right? I mean, let's talk about the Corvette where it's at now, also. You know, and how it's changed. As right. well, I mean, there's so many different things that the vet is is not now that it was. Right. The C8 versus the C7. Um, so, is it getting back to basics? I mean, maybe to some degree. Um, but I mean, the 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 envelopes that we push in the racing world, which are all you know, they're not your EcoBoost. These are not your eco your, your EcoBoost another good EcoBoost point. engine right in 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 that so sector so if this were anyone else we might be tempted or I might be tempted to say hey we're looking a little bit in the rearview mirror here why why are we going backward you know why are we using yesterday's well, engine but see Ford has shown lately that they are they are plenty capable of forward thinking innovation you know Maki. Um, what they're doing with the Bronco, stuff like that, right? But so so now maybe it's casting a broader net, right? We're gonna do we're gonna do uh, pushrod motors because we want to also get some of these tuners, modders, these guys that it would appeal to that they can do a little bit more with these engines. Would would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think that you know Ford likens back to you know their Triton platforms. 
which were ex- extremely successful for them. Um, you know, I, I mean, Ford, Ford's got to answer to those enthusiasts, man. Um, or else they're going to lose a lot of revenue. Yeah. Period. So if you can't, if it's getting to the point where you can't buy a Mustang and and put it on the track or race it, if you want to do that, you're going right. to lose a certain segment of the market to a competitor, and that's that's it. And it that's part of what I think they're trying to do here. Um. Yes, I think so. I, I think too, though. You wonder how much of this, Keith, has to do with the new CEO, right? I mean, you know, coming, the minute coming was. It, was it me or you that said the minute that that guy took took office, we started to see uh, some some some. It, it was you. It was you. You brought changes. up the conversation. I get us confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. so. Yeah, I mean, what what's what's what what is the guy? Let's see here. Uh, what is his name? Um, you remember? Well, Jim Hackett was the guy that left. Yeah. Uh, here, I get it, I get it for you. So it let me just read you guys. Jim some of this. Farley. Farley is is, is he related to Chris uh, like down by the river? <laughs> uh, so we we went from Jim to Jim. Uh, he was born in Argentina, educated at Georgetown and the University in UCLA. Um, and he came from Toyota experience. Interesting. Uh, was on the Lexus side for sales and marketing and um, uh, basically the, the luxury brand side of, uh, of, of Toyota. So, so that is, is good to keep in mind because that is a very different animal in the auto industry. I'm talking about Lexus and how right. they, the, their market segment, their demographics, then Ford and Ford right. strategy. So let me tell you why this is important for a number of reasons. Okay, when the Bronco was released, okay, one of the number one gripes that people had was that there was not going to be a V8. I was I was one of those people. Right. Or and that you couldn't even get a manual trans in a in a V6. In a, in, in a V6, right. So um let me let me just read you this is from the drive, by the way, our friends over at the drive. And they're going to call this, uh, let's see here. Well, the, the, the 7.3 liters of Godzilla is what they call it. Um, so there's no other f- details besides a 6.8 liter figure, which leaves plenty of room for speculation. The last time Ford made an engine with that displacement, it came in the form of a modular V10, which that's the Triton platform. Hmm. Um, I've seen that before. Oh, yeah, I've got two of them. <laughs> Um, yeah. However, a return to that gas-guzzling monster seems unlikely. Uh, it's also impo- improbable that Ford will make a Coyote engine that big, uh, which leaves one like one likely explanation on the smaller version of Ford 7.3 Godzilla. Um, it says, Hagerty points out, it's fair to assume this engine's block could be made of aluminum instead of the 7.3 liters hefty iron. Which is lighter, guys. We know that you got the Mustang. That makes sense. Um, was it is it, is it the F one fifty an aluminum body too? Uh, oh, the body. What? Wait, are you talking Isn't about the aluminum? Engine? 
No, the, the the body too on the on the F one of the F one fifties like all uh, aluminum or something or I don't like know. An aluminum maybe yeah I think so but anyway I mean does does this smell like another lightning maybe coming out or ooh you know we were at a car show over the weekend as you know and we saw a, a late nineties model lightning and my son was like what is this kind of kind of caught his attention and I said well um, it was kind of one of the first performance trucks you mean you know before horsepower was cool in trucks that you know you can go fast like what's the the ram one that they're doing now that they announced at sema and you know it's like 800 horsepower in a pickup truck or whatever yeah the trx or whatever yeah right 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 so 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 this was like ford making a truck that you know was kind of a race truck back in the 90s and it you know was a like flare-sided bed step you know the bed was smaller it was a two-seater it was basically made to light and fast okay Mm -hmm. and he was like wow so they kind of did that like before you know it was a thing and i went yeah and it honestly didn't you know didn't catch on so they kind of stopped but you know two decades later it's a thing right right here we are you know yeah it's interesting to have these conversations with your kid jay in front of like in public because mm-hmm. people walk by and they start listening and and they're like are you like some radio guy or something you know like do you work for <laughs> ford or you know and it's like no they're just you know got did a you not just slip them a, 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 yeah, a card a yeah, business here. card yeah. here this is what we do yeah no i look yeah. at him i go hey man i'm trying to talk to my son you mind getting out of here no <laughs> <laughs> side shot side shot no, but yeah. um, there there is no plans. They say though. I mean, there may be some testing down the road with with the um, you know the warthog, yeah. the Bronco warthog. Um, but we'll see. Um, it wouldn't be surprising to see a larger power plant for the four by four. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with it, man. I mean, I just I find that interesting that everybody's gone away from these big V8s. You know, other than you know you've got your. You've got some of the like the Duramax, the diesels. That's yeah. a different animal, but um, you know, and those are all uh, perform. You can those are getting like tweaked out like crazy. Everybody and their brothers uh, building those babies. Um, you can buy performance heads for those things and load it up and port it and all kind of different things. But anyway, um, it's changing. I think that people are listening. Uh, they're fed up with the four cylinders and the V sixes, and they 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 want that option. They want it. And it, yeah. and it goes back to what we said. What is the root of our, our you know, the performance you go look industry, at, man? Yeah, go look at the Bronco forums, and you tell me, based on the number of people that pre-ordered and the number of people on there going, well, never mind. You know, I just ordered well, a, you know, yeah. Chevy Colorado. Sorry. Right. right. I, and you I don't have want a, a four-cylinder. You have the Triton, you know, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, explain to me, I mean, your Thor that you mm-hmm. have, you have a Triton. V10 yeah, it's a V10. It, right? Yeah, and it's performed very well for you overall. Outperforms right? the diesel, diesel class, same class, class A. Run, run right past them, going up a, a mountain, pulling a, you know, uh, so that so that the big issue that I had with a toy hauler was I have a tow capacity of eight thousand pounds. Okay, right. most of the class A diesel pushers unless you're going to get into a half a million dollar diesel pusher mm-hmm. you're limited to five thousand pounds uh the freight liners that they're putting in them they're mm-hmm. very limited in their tow capability well 
I need to be able to tow a car and I don't own a Honda Civic. So, you know, if you're going to tow a Jeep, if you're going to tow anything that's bigger than a two seater, you know, that mm-hmm. weighs 4,000, 4,000 pounds. My FJ weighs 47, 4,800 pounds. Uh, my wife's Lexus weighs 48, 4850, something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's pushing it right up to the limit of a diesel. And I just wasn't, you know, and then I, I like to trailer my cars. I don't like rolling the, the four down, rolling the tires. So it just, yeah, the, it's a good motor. Now they don't offer it anymore, right? The new ones, they're, they've got a V8 in them and they're telling you it's every bit as good. I don't know. Uh, personally, I'd rather have, if you're worried about fuel economy on a, you know, 40 foot class A motorhome. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it, I mean, well, just, same Like, let me same just way. hang on. Belly laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I mean, that's same, same way. Same way on a, on a, on a truck, period, or, or, or Mustang. I mean, why would you, who cares? I mean, why right. are you buying it? I mean, well, if you're buying it for no, just Jay, the... accountants buy Mustangs with four cylinders. That's. God. <laughs> they ought to be outlawed, man. All right. So let's. It's a muscle car. On guy. the topic of things that went well in the 90s or you know things that were tried in the 90s and in this case to some extent the 80s <clears throat> apple who we're going to talk about a little bit more in a few minutes mm-hmm. um announced a few weeks back i think it was a 24-hour music um stream with music videos and music content I want my, mm-hmm. I want my. so it's um it's basically an mtv Q-sting. yeah right uh, it's a, it's a, it's an MTV type program. And when I say that, I mean what MTV was in the late eighties, early nineties. So, right. so this is interesting. We'll see if it works. Uh, I think Apple is kind of out of ideas for innovation, but this isn't bad. If it were, you know, I, if I had Apple TV, I'd maybe turn it on. Yeah, I'll, um, I have Apple TV, um, I'm going to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. My wife gets on me. She says I have way too many streaming services as it is, but can you ever have too many? Yeah, I don't know, man. I just like Anymore? I like good quality content and I'll go over that yeah. wherever that takes me. I was watching the uh Sammy Hagar's uh Rock and Roll Road Trip finale. Have you seen that yet? I haven't watched the finale, it's but pretty yes, good. we're yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is, man. I'm I'm happy for Sam. He's he's done really well with that. It's been fun to watch him. He interviews a really broad range of, yeah. of artists yeah, too, cool. which is really cool. Yeah. You know, I like that. And you know, Brian Johnson from ACDC had his own little um, version of that as well. He did while he was t- you know high on hiatus from uh, ACDC, which by the way, ACDC just released their new their new album, new single, and gosh, it sounds so much like ACDC. It's really good, though. I mean, that's what you expect. I, I will. I'll it's, check it out. I'll check it out. I, I've got I, Apple Music, so I'll go add it to my. It's library. really good, man. I I love it. They got a neat little box set coming out and all that kind of stuff. So, but you know, anything to. Mar- They're probably one of the most marketable bands out there, don't you think? Yeah. Well, you can you can thank Iron Man for the resurgence for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, they. Well, oh, man, I never lost contact with them. I mean, I. I, they're they're on my playlist all the time. I love yeah. them, and I like old ACDC and new ACDC. I was never, it never, 
it never, I mean, it broke my heart for Bon Scott. I was a huge fan of the Dirty Deeds and all that stuff. And I thought Highway to Hell was just one of the most fantastic. It was a masterpiece by Mutt Lang, I thought. You know, it really was. It put, ACDC was already on the map, but that album was incredible. And then when he passed away and they get this new lead singer and you're thinking, how can they top that? And then it's back in black. It's like, oh my God, man. Yeah. How in the world can you top that? And then they just, you know, some of the albums down the road were not nearly as good, but you know, again, you turn on the radio and you hear an ACDC song, there is no mistaking who that is, man. So there you go. All right. So what do you think about that? Are you, are you happy to have more MTV style stuff going if, around? Or? If I had, yes, if I had Apple TV, it would be on. Mm-hmm. Um, it is probably not enough of a tipping point for me to go get Apple TV. Yeah. Um, I, and part of that boils down to what your wife said you know we have a limited amount of time that we can watch um you know videos i we're just busy right the family's right. busy and the family queue is full right now we all have stuff we're into that we're watching some stuff i'm watching with my wife some stuff we're watching as a family and um you know it's it's got to take the place of something else, and right now there isn't anything on the Apple platform yeah. that has, right? That, that's right. Not to say it's bad, it's just not our cup of tea. Yeah, I got you. I understand completely. So, um, all right, so let's move on to the next one. Well, uh, the, while yeah, we're on the topic ahead. of Apple... Oh, yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. few minutes ago, and by the time you see this, it'll probably be last week, but Apple did their One More Thing event, okay? And... Um, this kind of ties into what we're going to talk about uh, a little bit in more detail here coming up. But, um, you know, basically it was just telling people the same thing in a different way. And that's that's my opinion, but that's my takeaway from the One More Thing event. And Apple announced uh, with a lot of like hoopla and, you know, fanfare that uh hey we're making our own computer processor chips now and uh and we just wanted everybody to know that and we're a big deal and it's going to be very very fast and we wanted everybody to know that and and it's like well jay you and i were talking about this six months ago i mean duh you know right so they're gonna have to convince people that the speed is not gonna suffer uh, they brought the PC guy back, John Hodgman, that did the commercials Mac and PC, and you know he reprised his role. But honestly, I was a little underwhelmed at what they showed us because it's all just a one-hour commercial on how great the battery life of these things are and how fast they are. Well, if you remember back before they did the Intel um, pl- the chipsets, right, before they switched to Intel uh, processors... Apple was skewing their data on the PowerPC platform. They were showing people that we are every bit as fast as a PC, when in fact they really weren't. But they cherry-picked the data that they wanted to show you. They showed you, hey, we're really fast at this one thing over here that nobody really cares about, but we're really fast at that. you know. And you know, I think here's what it's going to boil down to, and then I'll, I'll shut up and let you, you know, take it from here. But we live in an era <laughs> of streaming media, okay? Most of the professional use of these these pieces of equipment are going to be content creators, right? Whether it's for YouTube or podcast creators or whatever. I don't care about... So if you're buying a MacBook Pro to go Zoom meetings and do your like spreadsheets, 
while you're riding your four-cylinder Mustang or whatever, that's fine. But that ain't, that ain't like, that's a light version of a product that's not, you know, you, that's not the V8, okay? What the content creators are going to care about is how fast can this thing render video, okay? And that right. also, Jay, I should point out that the three computers that they are starting with on the chips are the lightest, they're, they're the lightweights. The MacBook yeah. Air, the Mac Mini, and then a 13-inch MacBook Pro, which is a MacBook Pro, but it's the smallest MacBook Pro with the least amount of power. Right. So, Which I will not be purchasing. And I, I, I swear, they're, I, I keep hanging on for hope that they're going to release something that's going to make me want to run out and buy something. But I've been you know, in the market for a new MacBook Pro, and I keep hanging on waiting hoping that there's you know one of these events that they they hold and these announcements that they make there's is going to affect what my purchase is going to be but so far i haven't had anything they keep touting these iphone 12s and all this sort of stuff and i mean you know all i get is better camera this and you know that and you can oh by the way you can buy a mini version of it if you want to get a smaller phone and it's like ah, you know come on man you know i mean i don't yeah know. i, don't I just know. yeah no I, you're well, I, I will say this i agree i, I am a, I am extremely pissed right now for a couple of reasons, and I had this conversation with you the other day. Apple, would you please stop telling your app creators to just basically stop supporting my devices? I now have two iPads and an iMac that I can't use anymore. They all do that. I mean, my wife's on a first-gen Google it, Pixel, man. and but, they don't push updates know, to that anymore. But you know, man, I mean, you should... Planned obsolescence, buddy. I mean, there that's, should still be another option out there for me. But now here I am, forced with the fact that I've got to go out and buy all this new equipment if I want to stream stuff. We are in the world of streaming, guys, and that's how it works. And you're right. I've, I've had this stuff for a long time, so now I'm in well, the next generation. It's not cool, so. and, it does, and I'm affected by it, too. And, um, yeah, it's... It, it to some extent it's um you know the application developers don't don't have a choice if they want to uh you know there's certain features that they're able to add and to get those features to work right they can only work on platforms with a certain processor right and look mm-hmm. this this apple going down this path it it may be it may work out really well for them. I hope it does. I hope it's a champ and it pushes the envelope because that's what we're we're all about here on this program is right. innovation and, and you know making things better for everybody. But go back and listen to our podcast from earlier in the year where we talked about this in depth and we talked about the pitfalls and the fact that Apple's got a lot of eggs in a lot of different baskets here and building processors for computers is a full-time job in and of itself so we'll see okay i hope hope this works out great for everybody absolutely man i hope so not Um, sure though not 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 not, wouldn't wouldn't take those vegas odds just leave it at that um so do you want to you want to so speaking of content creators do we want to maybe tie this into um the 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 theme of the podcast and you know the whole thing that i, yeah. I kind of looped you into okay yeah so let's do this so, so again so we're we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth now about um the influence social media has on your perceptions um your belief systems your 
your favorite teams, if you will. Um, you know, there's been there's a huge political event that just happened in this country last week. We had a, a vote for president of the United States, and you know, I would see things from both sides, and I would go, "How can this person be saying that? Like, do they right. not know? Have they not seen what?" is going on over here like are they completely unaware like that's just a completely uninformed and you see it from both sides so jay again kind of came up with this idea there was a podcaster uh content creator i guess is a better title for him doug demuro my son loves doug demuro he's one one of the one of the better car reviewers on youtube i think so um he has an automotive background he comes from the industry that's probably why he yep. brings that skill to it yep. and i'm not a i i don't i don't watch a lot of them i'm i'm just not as big of a fan I, but he's on in my house a lot like as i pass through rooms and stuff okay right and um he did a review of the hummer ev and he said i think this is going to be the electric truck to beat right and just got handed his front teeth by the tesla fans and to say that, so to back that up with his experience, that was just not something he pulled out of the air, guys. That was based on, well, the evidence at hand. He and, and apparently it was under- a throwaway. He did it. He right. said he did it at the end of the video, with like a couple minutes left, and he just said, "I really think this is going to be the one to beat." And then bring on the tw- the the Twitter wars. Right here we go. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. So. You know, we, you and I both watched, he did a follow-up video, which was basically, let me explain myself to all you haters out there, and he qualified that, and I thought he did a really good job of qualifying it based on things like um, industry experience, right? Like, let's right. look at General Motors' track record. They've already produced a couple EVs. Um, let's let's look at, you know, yes, Rivian's going to be taking orders soon. Uh, they've got a couple of prototypes out there. But they still have some things to work out. Tesla right. doesn't even have their facility built yet that they're going to be building these in. Right. And, yeah, they don't. And they, he, he proved the fact. With, you know, he, he went through the whole discussion of, you know, Musk on stage with breaking the windows. And, you know, just there were so many different comparisons that he gave that would prove, that does prove that GM is far closer to a production of an all-electric truck than anybody else period so he knows that we're sitting at the dinner table last night after you had mentioned you know this whole concept of social influencing you know being having your decisions be influenced you know Mm -hmm. by what you're what you what you follow and look up and search for and my son goes you know i'm a side shot goes this Hummer EV thing is a big deal, and I just looked at him and I went, "Are are you are you kidding? Like, I'm not really a GM fanboy. I'm really right. not. Right. But, and I'm just now, I'm going. Hey, it's got removable roof. It's got crab mode. It's got zero to sixty in like three seconds. It's got you know with big tires on it and all. You know, it's got a lot of good selling points for it, right? Right. And he's looking at me like, what? Now you got to understand, this kid is all day, any time that he's allowed to have TV time, he's looking at car reviews. He's looking at other stuff, but there's usually... And for him to not know that tells me, because he does nothing but search for Tesla, it's not going to show up in his feed, right? Right, right. Case in point. Absolutely. I mean, and that's that's that that social networking, how the things work, and we want to talk about that and 
the impacts that, that social media has on specific, you know, individuals. You, you yourself. It's it's catered. It's it's tailored to you. So the right? the concern that I have here, and I think we both have, is um, they are feet. It's an echo chamber. So they're telling you what you want to hear, whether or mm-hmm. not that's reality or not. Right. Okay. And that that concerns me from the perspective of not just, you know, we were talking about the election and all the kind mm-hmm. of craziness. I, I have seen interviews with the past, including the current president of the United States, the past three. OK, so so Bush, Obama, Trump. So mm-hmm. there's an eight term Republican. There's an eight term Democrat. And then this current president. OK, all have alluded to social media and usually it's facebook being a problem in that it distorts reality so you know people are being shown um you know what they what they have already thought and there's memes coming across that are just not even true and we saw a lot of this in the social dilemma movie Mm -hmm. and there's been some you know scrutiny over that that hey that's a little bit of an exaggeration and it might be, but there's also some truths in there because they're interviewing people that have worked in the industry and saying, hey, man, I helped build this code. I wrote, I built this platform. And I'm telling you right now, it, it ain't good. And it's not looking out for your best interest. And it's not telling you the truth. No. And anybody who has a, who has a phone and who uses their phone for social media, um, who has the Internet at their home, who, you know, in their home who has the internet wherever you go. These days you can go to a restaurant, you can go to a bar, you can log in. And um, if you've been there before, it's it's it saves it as a favorite Wi-Fi hotspot for you. Um, the way this thing works is that it recognizes your habits. It, it follows your every move and it creates your world for you. It, it, it continues to grow your bubble and if, if you don't believe that that's true, then, for example, I will, my wife will be on the internet at home, in home, and she will be shopping online for, say, you know, some makeup from like Clinique or something, right? I'm just pulling that out of the air, but that's true. But, uh, and then all of a sudden, if I'm on Facebook and I, I look in my Facebook feed, there's ads for Clinique. I mean, yeah. That's, Come on, guys. I've I mean, got a real-world example of that as well. Now, you brought up a couple of good points here. So no uh, no two feeds are the same, right? As, nope. There's a point that you made there. The, uh, the inside experts in the social media world refer to those as filter bubbles. So you, you had mentioned bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically different versions of reality. And right. I th- – so the concern is this is creating – it's whipping people up into a frenzy and it can create civil unrest and it's not even grounded in facts sometimes. So mm-hmm. how are they doing that? How It's this AI learning that they're using to learn what you want to be told, right? So we are, uh, a couple weeks ago, This is I copied this from a text message that I sent you. My son and I are sitting in the kitchen on my laptop, on my Mac, looking for uh, a wedding gift, gift and he's like, uh, for for you know a, a friend, and he's like, ooh ooh, go look go look at these really nice like electric husband and wife toothbrushes, like the real nice you know like rechargeable ones. So yeah. we're 
we're looking that up and my wife is also in the kitchen we're sitting at the kitchen table and you know seven feet away is my wife you know and over like still in the kitchen she pulls up an instagram on her phone okay and she starts seeing ads for electric toothbrushes on her instagram feed because there's there's a microphone on that phone they're listening when you pull the app open and they're listening they heard Mm -hmm. me across the room talking about electric toothbrushes and she starts getting ads for it i mean that's yeah whoa whoa right right if you want an eye opener really honestly people you if you haven't seen this this documentary or is would you call it a documentary or what would you call it a what do they refer this to as a uh, docudrama? Well, it's, it's a docudrama. It started out uh, being sort of coined as a documentary, and people have pointed out that there's a little bit more opinion in there than maybe you should have in a documentary, but it's very good. And I get that, and, and but which is nice to have an opinion. I get it. But these are people who are, are industry people who, for example, Tristan Harris was the one of the main guys that, that uh, was part of this. Um, he was the former Google design ethicist um he was yep. also co-founder and ceo of apture co-founder of uh, center for uh, humane technology and the co-host of uh, your undivided attention with Oz Raskin. so um these these are no these are people who who got into the social media side of 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 the industry on the ground floor when it started when it really started to make that push in the early 2000s and i i remember watching this movie man also, and you know, we let's talk about the influences that this that social media has on people. And you were talking about how the alternate realities kind of form, and they really do. Um, there has been an increase, a heavy increase uh, amongst teens of suicide um, because of that peer pressure aspect of this that goes on in there, and um, that's all part of this. And if you look at the graph, you know, the time of teen suicides and then the spike, it's exactly right. when Facebook came into play. And, and so in general, the relationships that we would normally have directly, right? Like without mm-hmm. social media, right? Are there's an element of it, there, there's an altered perception there. And and what I mean by that, and look, you and I have both had these interactions with various people where this might be a neighbor that I would normally be, yeah, we typically tend to see things eye to eye in most cases and where we're different, you know, that's mm-hmm. his right to do that and whatever, man, he's a good person. And then you introduce Facebook into this and literally we're going at it in some thread and I'm going, you idiot, how can you think that, you know, (laughs) when this over here hasn't even occurred to you? Well, how is it possible that somebody that through my own assessment is, as I said, normally we see eye to eye and all of a sudden we're on Facebook and we're at, we have opposing views and that has to be a result of that social influence, right? That altered react, that, that, that bubble. 100% 100% man is exactly what that is. And remember, so yeah, re- remember back several months ago. And and this is when the Ford Bronco reveal happened. Um we were very excited about it. We we had a live podcast, live reveal. Um you went in and reserved one. Um 
And I I put some posts out there on social media about it and how exciting oh, I it this. was. Yeah. And I had a I had a person that, that that I'm acquainted with come back and say it's a piece of junk. Um, I've talked to mechanics that say that it's this and it's that and you know, all this kind of stuff. It's not true. Well, how did you have access early access it, to those engines? Right. Yeah. Right. So it's basically social media influence that he got just making that assumption that everything that he's seeing and hearing is the truth. And that's you know another reason why we wanted to bring this topic of discussion up is because it I mean not only I mean it, it this this affects every aspect of of what we do in life. All of our all oh, yeah. of our purchases, everything well, that we want to go buy, everything that we might want to go watch, everything that we might want to go do. Well, you, and you, look, you, if Jay Leno goes on SEMA 360 last week and says, "Hey, here's the new Ford Bronco." I want to talk a little bit about it, but there's there's specific things I can't discuss. You right. know, how is some mechanic? I, I I promise you, anytime somebody had early access to one of these, and we've seen this from people like Doug Demiro, where he said, "Yeah, there's five guys standing around me, and there's things that I can talk about, and there's things that I cannot." And you know, the Toyota Venza comes out, and Toyota says, "Hey, before such and such date on the calendar, you are not allowed to discuss drivability of this vehicle." Okay. Right. Well. Okay, well then, how is some mechanic going? Yeah, it's a piece of junk because I've seen it. And yeah. No, you haven't. Yeah. I'm. No, you have not. No, right. no, 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 no. So right. that's. And the point, the point I want to make there is that we as human beings have to understand and use some common sense here to kind of differentiate between what is true reality. And what is an alternate reality? So the first thing you can do if you're worried about purchase decisions and influences and making the right decisions there, I'm going to make this super simple. Just go to our website, partscountergurus.com. <laughs> you are just... <laughs> Click on the Amazon banner and shop to your heart's content. And and you right. know what? Right or wrong, whatever you buy, it supports the show and it's anonymous. So that right. is, we are not data mining. We are not looking at you know we don't know who who you are it's all anonymous but it does support the show i just thought it was you know worthwhile to me <laughs> it is data mining by the way is an important piece to this whole puzzle and that's that whole privacy thing too that a lot of people you know when you give in and you 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 say yes to the cookies yes they want to know your location yes 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 yeah. yes yes when you're surfing the net guys that's you're just allowing access to everything that you do you are a you are a product you are a um you are the product you have become the commodity by which they are selling your information i thought that during that movie when i was watching that that, that was an it, it, it was an it was it really kind of it was one of those oh crap yeah i i get it kind of a things man it's like because the way they they brought you into that and it was okay we have we have a free we have a free platform a social platform social media platform we have a free platform for people so how is you know how can we monetize this? Right. It's, is it, if it to sounds it. too good to be true, it usually is. Do you, is there no such thing as a free lunch, right? I mean, is it, it, exactly is it really free? Right. So we as users of these platforms, these these social media platforms, you know, you you they how how does Facebook monetize this? Well, basically, they are allowing these companies to advertise. And basically, 
put their ad in front of you. Yep. And electric so toothbrush words, companies are paying uh, Facebook, and Facebook lets them put an ad in front of my wife with you know. Right. So you, the individual using these platforms, become the product. You are the one that they want to sell you to those guys so they can get that ad right in front of you. That's how it's work. That's how it works. And it's unfortunate. And then throughout this whole process, there has been other forms of, of um, media, false media that gets out there. Um, that is the sole intent is to, is to change your thought process and create other alternate realities, which has been proven to be the fact from the 2016 election. So a lot of people talk about you know Russia hacking in and that sort of stuff. They didn't hack in. These guys just came in through the front door just like any of us do and just sign up for an account. And that's it. They use the tools that are available to you and me, and they just start running all of this information. And it's up to you as the individual as to what you believe and don't believe but it's what's going on behind the scenes that places that in front of specific groups or individuals. And they talk about the rabbit hole, Keith. Yeah. That's why don't a favorite. You get into, why don't you get into that a little bit? Well, let's, let's, uh, that's a favorite term of mine because really, uh, okay, so ultimately where this is going is, and I joke, and we have joked on this program. But I ain't kind of joking. I mean, it I it ain't too much of a stretch anymore to see this whole Terminator uh, reality, the whole right, like the whole uh, Skynet thing coming coming in, into fruition. So, so the question is, um, how do you how do you control this? How do you stop it? How do you turn it around? And it's not going to be easy. And no. honestly, I don't know that we can at this point. And one of the reasons it's going to be very difficult is because of this whole rabbit hole situation where. You start to follow the problem, whether that's Facebook listening in on you, down into the rabbit hole. And if you ever, the reason they call it a rabbit hole is because it's a, a vast network of tunnels. That's it. And you're not gonna, you're gonna get lost trying to chase down uh, the problem. Mm-hmm. And to that point, you know, Zuckerberg has appeared before Congress. Um, many of these guys have appeared before Congress. There was a data breach a few years ago. There was data mining going on with the Cambridge Analytical uh, Analytica right. thing. That was a big deal. And yes. I can tell you, Jay, after watching um, <clears throat> some of that congressional hearing and reading some of the transcripts, that Congress does not really know. Um, they don't understand on a technical level Facebook or any of the other social media platforms well enough to recommend guidelines or regulations. They don't have, these are politicians. They don't have, they're not, they're not engineers. They're not technical engineers. So expecting them to sort of understand that this is not black and white, that they're living in a lot of gray areas, that there are a lot of rabbit holes down here that you go in and you get lost. How do you regulate that? See, and they're, they're, they're hiding in obscurity. The, the social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, which Facebook owns, Google's doing it too. Google got in trouble. We talked about this with their incognito mode and their Chrome browser. 
and they were still tracking data even though they kind of told people they weren't. So right. how do you how do you put a stop to that? Okay, so so this is coming some of this from the advice of some of these people that we saw in the social media documentary or docudrama. Mm-hmm. And these are actual like platform developers and engineers. And th- these are some of the things that they said, okay, that I want to get into. Okay. So basically, you, first and foremost, let's bring it back to human interaction, right? Like stop the AI um, utiliz- over utilization, okay? I don't need some flipping car driving for me, <coughs> all right? Now, Walmart, to their credit, is making a move in this direction, because they had these little robots rolling around in their stores. Jay, you, you, I think you found the article on this, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. The Walmart and, article, yeah. yeah. And uh, and and they were using them to do what? Count inventory? Count inventory, man. Count inventory. And they basically... They, they have... So this is a year ago. Uh, I was... I was in a Walmart and I fi- I videoed this. This is one. This is what they look like. Well, I'll put a link to this. We'll put it in the mention on the podcast. Don't. They're just running around in the store, right? Yeah. It and it and apparently it's it's been a big fail. You know. And they pulled them. Yeah. Well, I mean. You have human criteria, right? right? On a on a on a on an interstate or a county road, you have human criteria. You have stripes right. painted on lanes. Mm-hmm. You have a shoulder. You have right stop signs, mm-hmm. stop lights, traffic crossing, uh, pedestrian cross. So yes, we can teach um, computers to try to recognize some of that. But it was really designed as a human criteria. That's right. And you can't take that. You know, I, I found that when I saw that article, and I, well, I saw, I actually, I saw it on the news. It was a news story first, and then I, I read the article. Um, I said that to myself. I said, it makes sense it wouldn't work because, you know, there are too many things, too many variables where the human can think for itself to make that decision where a machine cannot. Yep. Um, now, it's different than if you're, say, in an assembly plant, right? Because assembly plant, you say, grab part, take part, put part here, torque yeah. part down to this. Put put screw repeat. in body, tighten to there such and no, such. Yep. Right. There's no gray areas there. There is no gray area there. But when you're dealing with a large store like this, that it's monitoring inventory, it, it needs to look at what might, you know, well, does it have the capacity to be able to realize that this can that's stuck over here behind here is actually misplaced? It should be here and it should be counted as so this part number. My son follows know? a YouTuber and she went into one of your Amazon stores that you have there in the Pacific Northwest where it's a, like a grocery store. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Not a Whole Foods. I'm I talking do. about the Amazon. Right. Okay. Yep. I do. And she touched some things on a shelf, like literally picked it up, looked at it, and put it down. Yeah. And there's no checker, and it yeah. got charged to her account. It. Yep. Yep. So, again, that's that, you know, how do you, you can't teach. I mean, it, it's 
you can't teach that to artificial intelligence. I don't there, see how you, you know, when you, you I can... Mean, we're, you we're can we're s- yeah, because what do you say? Like, you can hold it to a certain angle, but if it moves past that, yeah, no. Right. I mean, you, you know, uh-uh. Right. It's, um, it's interesting, you know, and, and, and again, you know, look, Keith and I, are, we're, we're, we're big on technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we love it. We love to see new technology. But we also realize that, you know, there are just certain things that you cannot take the human element out of. It, won't, it doesn't work without the human element. It can't think like a human it just can't do it yeah i don't really don't understand why we're all so enthused about letting machines do everything for us like i you know that that's really the right you know so so here are some other countermeasures if you will uh go ahead jay i was just going to say now how does this robot story what we've just talked about tie into the social dilemma well they're they're using machine learning you are treated as a piece of data right and that is the point i'm trying to make is that yeah. AI is being heavily used as part of that data mining to understand what you're doing. And it creates these algorithms and yeah. it knows when to place things in front of you. That's a little different. But the problem you have, it's irresponsible in how it does well, it. Well, not every it person that is is going to vote for candidate X is going to necessarily right. agree with that candidate on topic Z. Right. Exactly. But we're just going to lump them all in together and we're going to build a scenario where now you're a candidate X fan. Not every person that orders a Bronco is going to want one with an automatic transmi- transmission right. and or a roof rack and or a removable hardtop roof. However, if you force us into all into the same basket, you become a commodity and you've lost the in, the uniqueness, the independent part of it the design yeah. your own to be yourself however you want to say that right right so yeah, some other stuff you can do and this is stuff that we live by at home get those apps off your phone if you need to go to facebook go to the website facebook.com you can do that from your phone you don't need the app installed um turn off the notifications use a search engine that doesn't track your search history use something like DuckDuckGo. you know this is I still use Google a lot because it is the best for now. But in general, if I'm if I'm not doing something work related, and like let's say I'm looking for that toothbrush or some tires or whatever, I'm not going to use Google. I just don't. It's they're just tracking every single thing about you. Yeah. Um. And this is a big one, man. These this is part of the reason why I just don't go on social media anymore. Would you please just take everyone, everyone? I don't care what side you're on right now, okay? Just here. Do I need to? Do I need to? Uh... Yeah. All right. Listen, please. I'm begging you. Take ten seconds before you repost that meme, and just fact check it. Yeah. Okay. Just think for a second. I know it looks cute and funny, and it's a gotcha in it, and all that. Ha ha. I'm so tired of seeing these memes floating around. It's like, did you even think that through before you reposted it? Because there's no right, truth and, in it. And not only that, man, is, you know, the human psyche is very fragile as it is anyway. And when you, when you start, when you start posting things that you just don't think about before you do it, you think it's funny. Yeah. But, but look guys i mean there are people that are that are that take these things seriously and it it messes with them man and this is what causes civil unrest 
This is the stuff that causes civil unrest in this country, man. It's like, be very, very careful with what you're posting out there, man. Just, and, I, I'm, and you know, you know be look, sensitive, sensitive, I, man. I have become a huge fan of this. Uh, I really feel like, you know, this is almost a Thomas Jefferson type um, uh, theology, if you will, a way of going about things. Take information from all sources, the ones yeah. you agree with and the ones you don't agree with and break it down yourself. Listen to what they're saying, run it up against your own set of criteria and principles and whatever those things are and make your own decision. Right. Don't only listen to the, the people that tell you that you, what you want to hear. And you know, don't only listen to the people that tell you things that you don't agree with, but you need to consider that the people on this side aren't right 100% of the time, and the people on the other side aren't wrong 100% of the time. Right. And, you know, just, yeah, that, that, is, that is very true. Um, and just, just realize, man, that um, there are aliens out there. <laughs> and I will remind you guys that Jay does have he's COVID positive right now. So anything that could come out of his mouth is uh I, I was going to disclaim before we get into something else, before I start telling people where they can find us and all that stuff. I, I do apologize if I'm a little lethargic today. <laughs> My brain is not working the way that it should, so I've been caught off guard a few times today, but that's okay. That's Keith. He's he's my uh, he's he's massaging my This time uh, around. Usually it's the other he, way around. He's massaging my brain in some <laughs> some way today. I can't quite um, figure it out, but that's okay. Anyway, I got. You, let me ask you a question, man. When you when you had the COVID, did you have gas? Oh wow! Uh, not that I remember. Not that it's I remember. Just been, I mean, I'm just <laughs> just stay away, man. I think some of that might depend on. Where you contracted it, meaning, you know, were you at a Mexican restaurant or... <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, we were at Disney, uh, so there wasn't, you know, a whole lot of eating going on there. But, uh, mm. yeah, I don't... But then, look, so, you know, they started this whole thing and they said, you know, stomach, um, gastrointestinal problems weren't... Initially, they said they weren't tied to it. And then that changed later and they said, oh, no, it. Well, now we're seeing cases of it you know, where that's happening. And I'm like one of the most odd things like six months on and I'm still having, I'm dealing with lung issues and uh, pulmonary issues and, you know, and I was super healthy. Yeah. They classify you as a long hauler. Long hauler. Uh, um, uh, And uh, there's all, there's people way worse off than I am with brain fog and, you know, mm. that's, that's scary stuff. So uh, I would say, you know, we, regardless of what side of, anything you're on i think we can all unite and say you know we're pulling for a vaccine and you know sooner versus later and it does look like as of this week that there's some real promising stuff in the pipeline yeah it really does yeah it's like the, i think they said 90 percent effective we hope which by is Pfizer. they i think from the early data that i saw they were saying it needs to be above 57 percent to be right effective to to stop or slow so if we can get to a 90 percent that's a very effective uh the flu vaccine typically isn't that effective no man you're talking 75 to 80 percent maybe and that's and and that's only for the specific strain and then there'll be another strain right like later in the season so depends on when you get that 
you got to get this thing shut down and vaccinated before it can mutate. I think that's the. This is true. Um, so you know, in a nutshell, Keith, you got. I mean, I want to give our people, you know, some some places where they can find us on on social media since we're talking about social media. But do you have any, you know, like words of advice for parents out there um, that? that have kids that are going down that rabbit hole while on their phone all day long. Yeah. The best piece of advice I can give you is don't take any parenting advice from me. That's the, (laughs) (laughs) but I will say this, um, you know, my wife has a several degrees in this. And so I, I have the easy way out. I, I just go ask her, you know, what, what, what do you see? in your daily, you know, work and in, in your training that you were taught years ago, what's the, and, and this is what it boils down to. And again, this is hard. It's a rabbit hole. You know, you're going to have to do it differently based on each individual purpose. But this is also one of the things that those with experience have recommended, meaning the people that help develop some of these platforms. You have to limit the screen time. And I'm. this is me not touching my nose to give you a steel signal or a bunt signal. I actually just had an itch there. <laughs> Sorry. You have to limit the screen time. You have to control that. And the problems that we are seeing and my wife talks about always tend to stem from too much screen time. And that's where you get into situations where kids are, you know, suicide becomes a factor because they're having too many social media interactions and not enough real, real in, in-person interactions. Right. right. And so just, if I may just keep it simple, you know, be on top of that. Now, there's things you can put in place like Disney Circle that will limit what they can have access to depending on its, you know, how old. If we're talking five, you know, you definitely, I wouldn't want them on YouTube. If we're talking 12 or 13, well, you're not going to be able to keep them off YouTube, but you can at least restrict some of the content. And, right. uh, you know, that's, that's, that's it, really. You've got to have a, a say in the screen time. Be involved. Yeah. yeah. Be involved with your kids, no doubt about it. And, and that doesn't just... That's not just applying to, to kids, man. I mean, we as adults are just as I cannot tell you, know, you how much better my life gullible. is since I've like So this is my Facebook relationship as I explained I proclaimed this at the dinner table last night, okay? Facebook and I have divorced. I show up once a week for the family meal and we talk about, you know, things that are important to the family and then I leave. Right? So yeah. it's an amicable, like, well, I don't know if Facebook wanted me to leave or not, but, you know, I, it's, you see the joke reference there, right? Like, I still want to be do. an active participant in my, fa- in my, you know, family's whatever, in my kid's life, but I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not sticking around for the insanity 24-7, okay? Right. Why, I, and why did I just get this vision in my head, man? You remember the movie Animal House? Oh, yeah. Food Fight? B- Bluto. Yeah. Walking down the stairs where this guy is serenading this young lady with his guitar and he grabs the guitar, just looks at him and just slams it and just breaks his things into smithereens. Yeah. And just walks away. Yeah. Doesn't say a word. (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of how you are on Facebook. That's that's the way I imagine. You come in and bam, and I'm done. Oh, well, with the exception of this past week, um, I really don't stir things up or smash guitars you know i think 
<laughs> I think uh, in general, you know, the other 51 weeks out of the year, I'm just there to support Parts Counter Gurus and, uh, you know, whatever we got going on. And uh, just to, you know, send a couple words of encouragement to people that I care about. And that's really, yeah. that's the extent of what I try to do. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate for me that I'm, I'm, I'm way too involved in it and I need to get a handle on that. But um, somebody's got to man the, uh, man the ship. Yeah. So. You know, so appreciate that. It's time. like that. Uh, w- w- were the bombers in the uh, World War II where they had the guy that had to go down into the like gun turret cone? He was down <laughs> there all by himself, you know, and it was like he was just literally watching like flak explode all around him. And he's like trying to shoot down all the bad guys, you know, <laughs> and right. he's literally like, like just out there with gl- hit glass between him and utter ca- death and chaos right <laughs> and that's you you're out there just you know yeah, like you know and the and the 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 gun belt machine feed things getting locked up and it's like jammed and you're like trying to yell up there to get somebody to help fix it and you're getting shot at yeah i mean that's it's a pretty good it's me man yeah, yeah. that's me hey i'm gonna talk to people about how they can find us keith okay Check us out over on parsecounterguru.com, and I hope I get through this because I am a little mentally deranged today. Well, I can loose. fact check you if it's... Uh, okay. You know. All right. <laughs> um, uh, I'm Jay Leno. Um, <laughs> that would no, be false. Seriously, yeah, seriously. You can find us over at parsecounterguru.com. Um, if you want to listen to this podcast, subscribe to it and go to the podcast tab. Uh, you can click there and get the podcast links. Uh, anything that we mention on any of these podcasts, uh, we also have a mentioned on the podcast tab. Like Keith had said moments ago, you can go to Amazon uh, through our website. If you click the icon at the upper right-hand corner, and you can just go shop away, that helps us out. Every little bit helps us out. We don't know what you're buying. We have no idea what's going on. We just We're a portal for you to get over there, so please use us. I don't care if you're buying a loaf of bread or a, a year supply of depends. I don't care. Just go buy it. It's whatever you need. Buy it through our website. Um, social media. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash parts kind of gurus. Uh, please uh, give us a like, share, tell a friend. Um, you can check us out over on Instagram.com. That's Instagram.com forward slash the parts kind of gurus. Follow us there. Um, Go to twitter.com and we are uh, at the counter show, which is what you're listening to today. Um, like us, uh, follow us. Uh, Keith has a few, you know, fun things that he puts up there. We share some videos up there as well, uh, segments from these podcasts. Most importantly, go over to our YouTube channel, youtube.com, uh, the Parse Counter Gurus. Um, we have a lot of video segments there, a lot of DIY videos. Uh, some live coverage from SEMA shows past. Uh, we have a live presser uh, that's, that was just released from this recent SEMA 360 show. Um, but the most important thing you can do for us when you're there is subscribe to our YouTube channel and then hit the like button and ring that bell because then you will be notified anytime we put a new segment out. Remember, those subscriptions are free to you, but they're priceless to us, and that's how we kind of live and die by those things. Um, we're growing. We're growing fast. And uh, every subscription helps, and we want you to be part of the ride. So Yeah, if you're going to participate in the AI experiment, you might as well do it with us. I mean, seriously. And 
also, if you're going to stick a V8 in something, if you're an accountant, don't worry about it. Just trust me, stick it in there. <laughs> you don't need to know why. So, <laughs> wow, that just totally derailed me. I kind of like you sick, man. I mean, I understand it's not fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's really, really awful to go through, but uh, it does have its moments. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> say it. <laughs> I'm getting old, dude. Um, so I had this whole kind of thing that occasionally I'll, I'll have these moments of clarity and I'll go, that'd be good to mention on the next podcast as a, as a closing remark. And then, uh, I don't know, something just kind of clicked in my head. So I, I had something and then, and I started thinking and I started thinking about the whole concept of what we are talking about today. And, um, now you're familiar with the band, the doors, of course you are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sure how the doors got their name. Uh, yes. Okay. So, so Morrison was reading to those of you that don't know a book by Aldous Huxley called, uh, the doors of perception. Yeah. And, um, there is a, there is a borrowed quote in there from William Blake. And so here's, here's mm-hmm. where I'm going with this As I started thinking about that and I thought, you know, you know, the technology may be new, but the concept really isn't new. And we as a society have done battle with these kinds of perception issues before. Um, they just come back in different ways. And so, you know, the doors, if you ask like Ray Manzarek or somebody from the band, uh, you can ask Jim Morrison if you can find him, I guess, you know, right? He's on the other side, man. Yeah, right. He um, broke on through. There are, <laughs> there are things known, there are things unknown, and in between are the doors, right? That's the doors version of their name. Right. Um, Aldous Huxley quoted William Blake, who said, uh, and the book came out in 1954, to give you a point of reference, if the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is infinite for man has closed himself up till he sees all things through narrow chinks of his cavern. Mm. And I just thought, wow, what a really great, like that applies to today's social dilemma. So there you go, everybody. Yeah, Some wise job, words man. from William Blake. Uh, and very with that, good, very good. thank very you for good. watching. That is my COVID-19 positive co-host over there, partner, Jay. We hope to see him feeling better next time. I'm Keith. Until then, whenever that next time is, take care. We'll talk to you soon. Be good, peeps. <laughs>